currently the acting general manager for the Cape Research Center. Uh, but my role in Sandpark is doing research around uh, landscape ecology, and that involves looking at climate change and um, habitat change in, in national parks. Climate change is the increase in um, emissions due to due to the human in, human impact of um, the releasing greenhouse gases due to human activities, basically. Um, within Sand Parks, what we did in 2011 was to develop a, a biodiversity monitoring program that focuses on um, monitoring climate as well as climate change. Uh, and then in 2013, there was an assessment on historical changes basically in terms of the observed climate changes across the 19 national parks where are we experiencing climate change and what what climatic variables are changing and um, what I can say about that is that the what we the observed data shows similar patterns what you what what you get in table mountain national park it's similar to um observed climate patterns within the western cape if you think of kruger um and that region um observed data do show that there's now an increase in um, climate extremes um, there's also an increase in temperature that is experienced throughout the country. So basically, a climate change adaptation is it, it's a step that comes later because because you experience this climatic um, variables that are changing, mm. uh, then um, ecosystems, um, human systems, they all. Um, need to adjust to this sudden change in climate. So, so the process of of adjusting to climate change uh, effects or impacts is is called climate change uh, adaptation. And uh, what Sandpox has done is to contribute to the development of the national adaptation strategy by DIA and SANB, um, and the key thing is that some parks, like any other parastatal or um, organizations that are linked to government, they have to, by law and is enforced by the National Climate Change Response White Paper, that all uh, organizations must develop their own climate change adaptation strategy and. Uh, sand parks being responsible for protected areas in the country. We have to make sure that we do that for 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 all the national parks. And uh, the key thing is that while we do that, we need to have a um, a clear plan. Mm. 
um, in terms of how we're going to deal with these changes in weather that obviously affect various um, focus areas for the organization. Um, in terms of biodiversity, um, how does the climate change um, impact on the um, biodiversity mandate as well as the tourism mandate and the, the social socioeconomic mandate in terms of people around around our protected areas and those are, that are within the protected areas. So what we've done so far is to to look at um, how vulnerable is uh, the protected area system and um, yeah the we did a park-wide assessment. This was a, obviously a follow-up from the Global Change Environmental uh, Change Report, which was done in 2016. That, that gives the background in terms of what the changes are in climate extremes and then how, the, how we expect that to impact on, on, on biodiversity, tourism, and society. Some of the challenges is... Because climate change is, you know, it's seen as if it's a, scientists are responsible for it, but actually everybody within the protectorial system is supposed to, to, to play a role in terms of alleviating um, the effects of climate change. Like the tourism guys, they have a different perspective on what climate change uh, is doing. Um, the communication as well is, is also a big issue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think because this is a, you know, there's a couple of steps that one must deal with to arrive at the climate change adaptation strategy. The first thing is to do that vulnerability assessment. And then once we've done the vulnerability assessment, we have to sit with the different division and do a scenario planning in terms of um, what type of ideal world um, we want to 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 achieve as a as an organization? Whether in tourism, mm -hmm. um, I know some of the infrastructure is under threat from flooding in Garden Route, in, in Table Mountain, as well as in Kruger. So we need a session between. Um, the scientists as well as the different divisions, especially like technical services, tourism, uh, as well as financing. This is going to be a big challenge because uh, some parks, yeah, there are two avenues of getting grants outside of the country and um, as well as trying to get funding via DA, but our funding via DA has become very limited, so We'll have to to deal with that challenge of, of, of acquiring funds to implement some of the adaptation actions. Um, well, within within national parks, um, most of the work that has been done around climate change adaptation is in terms of acquiring land. That's that's probably the most easiest strategies to deal with climate change is to increase the. Um, 
sizes of the parks in in the direction that mm. um, right. yeah that the species might move in the future so so within yeah the the park planning division is being instrumental but also park management because in terms of land nego- negotiations the mm. the park managers have been responsible for that um externally um we've worked with the universities um Stellenbosch universities and the ACDI in some instances to to do the vulnerability assessment for all the national parks um we've worked with the ARC and the Rockies Institute or ARC is the Agricultural Research Research Council um there's a project in Rechtesfeld that that focuses on indigenous indigenous communities as well on how vulnerable they are um how do we embed um climate change into into their daily um way of living and i mean the biggest challenge about climate change work is that often we come into the community and tell them that um this is the issues that you know they must deal with but we have we left with the responsibility to help them adjust so if if when one do the engagement with the communities embeds this vulnerability within their planning then they sort of feel that they can take charge and um we can only help them source the funding but they actually implement the actions that that need to happen for the specific community yeah climate change mitigation um it's mostly about the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere obviously that had led to 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 the climate increasing in in climate variability and climate extremes um there are two sort of ways of looking at climate change mitigation the first way is that the action of of reducing green, greenhouse gases that could be through um fittings in infrastructure um in the way that people transport or com- community offices um cutting air travel in, in some instances so in terms of greenhouse emissions parks often they are they are seen as if they not they don't contribute because big industry are the ones that are mm-hmm. energy industries are the ones that are contributing about but actually protected area uh, functioning uh, does in terms of um how we get to meetings um how we put infrastructure and and, and our visitors as well um, contribute to 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 the increase in greenhouse gases so what we've done as san pakis to to look at what is the carbon footprint of uh, our corporate business so far and the plan from the corporate business one of the uh, organization strategic objectives is is to reduce the greenhouse gases or to reduce the, the dependence on energy by um 2% every year so year on year that we reduce the emissions by 2% so what we've done is the cape research center myself with um uh, polina 
Ababutani um, Pope is to, to, to compile a carbon footprint assessment for for Hulu specifically focusing on our corporate because they sort of our management they're responsible mostly for for the park management for 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 conservation services division and all those activities. So we decided to start with them as a case study but ultimately we want to embed uh, accounting for this carbon footprint for all the national parks. Um, we've added that to some of the park management plans that have been under review because you, you only get an opportunity within that uh, time frame because the park management review cycle is also, it's about 10 years. So, years, yeah. yes, when when there is an opportunity, we try and, and embed um, carbon mitigation into into the plan. And the second aspect of carbon mitigation is to quantify in terms of carbon storage, which is the biggest solution that is planted about protected areas everywhere is that we are storing most of the carbon um, because of we have forests, we have thickets and, and grassland that sort of absorb some of the um, carbon. So there we have started with some project um, there's some teams that are working in Ado and um, other um, garden root parks or frontier parks where they've started planting speck um in areas that have been degraded um, so we still need a big effort in terms of that in terms of measuring what is the total contribution of the national parks in terms of carbon storage within the national commitments uh, at, at Paris um, at, for, for the UN United Nations Framework for Climate Change Convention. Um, I'm available on email on motu.masubelele at sandparks.org. Um, I'm also available on telephone line 021-713-7512.